Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another Stock Market Today. It's Justin Nielsen here along with Ed Carson. It's Tuesday, January 9th, 2024, and we're going to walk you through the day's action. Um, indexes, uh, you know, were kind of a little back and forth, but retained most of the gains from yesterday. And we've got a couple stocks on tap. Uh, what do you got for us today, Ed? Well, I want to take a look at Palo Alto Networks, uh, Helmet Aerospace, and uranium producer Cameco. Sounds like a plan. Well, first of all, let's take a look at the indexes. We had the S&P 500 finish about uh, two-tenths, one-tenth of a percent down. The composite, uh, NASDAQ composite, was up about a tenth of a percent. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down about four-tenths of a percent. And the Russell 2000, the hardest hit, down one percent. Um, so if we go ahead and pull up the NASDAQ composite, uh, it looks like you stopped sharing for a sec there. Uh, I did, and I don't know why I did that, but here yeah, we are. Yeah, okay, well, you know, sometimes that's what happens on a Tuesday. Um, but yeah, the NASDAQ composite, I mean, we re really had a great day yesterday. And um, I guess the thing that I was looking for today mostly was, uh, can can we can we keep it? Uh, or is it one of those uh, one-day wonders, one-hit wonders? Uh, what was your take on today's action? You know, not a whole lot of the difference. I mean, the NASDAQ looks the best. Uh, and there's, you know, the NASDAQ and some other names continue to act well. Uh, the market breadth was not great today, but I mean, look, we held largely held those gains and uh, there was some nice action by some leading stocks. You'd like to see more breadth on a day-to-day -day basis, but you put Monday and Tuesday together, I think it's a pretty good combination all in all. If you, if you think of it from a weekly perspective, not that we would do that yet, but uh, generally you got to be pretty happy with this one-two punch, you know, and even on some of the other indexes. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, when, when you say the the breadth, uh, what, what kind of measures are you looking at? I mean, certainly there's the advancers versus decliners. A lot of times we look at the equal weighted ETFs, uh, RSP for the S&P 500 and QQEW for the NASDAQ 100. Uh, what, what, what was it that was kind of your gauge that you were looking at for breadth today? Well, you know, for look, if I'm going to look right off during the day, I often just look at RSP, which wasn't that was fine, an IWM, which tends to be volatile, which is for the Russell 2000, and that came down. Uh, you know, longer term, uh, after the close, you know, a couple hours after the close, we get things like uh, GMIAB, which can you can track the advanced decline line. You can find this on other services that's intraday. But I usually just look at RSP, IWM, those kind of things, just intraday just to get a rough picture, because I'm not trying to be precise and tell you exactly the number, yeah. uh, but I just want to get some idea. Some sense. Because uh, uh -huh. some sense is the market, is the underlying trend there. And you don't need all the stocks to go up, but it's just not great when it's only a handful of stocks, because that makes you wonder, is that just everybody rushing into the same number and it'll all fall apart? Uh, or will it, you know, or can, is there something really more meaningful like you know, and we saw it late 2023 because interest rates are falling. People are thinking there's a soft landing. That was just good for stocks generally, uh, not just a handful. Yeah. And so, uh, Turning our attention to kind of different levels, uh, certainly the 14,000 level uh, seems like it's important. Um, and, you know, it, we're, we're not in risk of that anymore. Now we're kind of on our way back up to that 15,000 level that, you know, we got up there a few days. Uh, what are you kind of looking at in terms of hurdles that the indexes need to get? I mean, certainly the 10 day moving average line, I believe that's your pink line. Uh, yeah, that's right my there. Pink yeah. Line. So, I mean, it's the 15,000 level there. And I do think that we held this area, like sort of mm -hmm. the top of this consolidation, even more so. And the 10-week line looking there is basically there, you know. And so that all that support, there's a lot of support 
right underneath last week's lows that you would hope that it could hold. Uh, and what's different this time is that when we were getting up here, the NASDAQ was looking a little extended from the 50-day line. Now, if we go straight up, but even over a few days, the 50-day line has made a lot of progress mm-hmm. in just a couple of weeks because it's really trying to catch up. Uh, so that would make you feel less comfortable, but that would be the big hurdle. Uh, obviously, the other indexes have their own things, uh, the S&P and other things, but uh, that's certainly that's certainly in the card. It's just like holding the 21-day line and whether it takes it out, you know, gets above these highs, you know, in the next few days or the next few weeks. Uh, I think this this whole area, the 21 day line in here is is what I'm looking for is more uh, is making sure we have that support held. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go ahead and turn our attention over the S&P 500. Uh, you, you mentioned that. And uh, the S&P 500 really kind of held that 21 day moving average line a little bit better than the Nasdaq did. Um, 4800 looks like a, an area of interest here. Yeah, I think so. It's just the same thing. It's like they found support. Held, largely held the gains, and uh, you know now if it could move up, it wouldn't be so extended as like again like the Nasdaq, it would have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average that looked very different. I mean, it wasn't really until Boeing started, uh, uh, you know, kind of taking a little bit off of this, but you know, it, it it really didn't have much of a correction at all, much of a pullback. Uh, it was really kind of the the former leaders, the the big tech, uh, all of those that got the the major damage that first week uh, to start the year. Uh, anything, anything to note here? Uh, honestly, I mean, you would, do you even notice that Boeing, it was like, it was intraday, it right. still yeah. rallied. I mean, I think look, if this were the Dow 29, this, well, I mean, if, you know, we'd already be at a high, I mean, yeah. it's like that would have already, cause that was really an impressive game when you consider the drag Boeing was, mm-hmm. you know, yesterday. So yeah, it looks great. Yeah. And Russell 2000. The 2000 level has been the area that we've looked at uh, there. So um, iShares uh, would be for 200. Uh, this is the IWM. Um, you know, a little bit rougher here, uh, you know, down 1%. But still, uh, if you kind of did that uh, combination of the two days, you're in the mid-range. You're in the mid-range. And it was an inside day. And it held, it closed sort of in the upper area of the range, at least I mean, maybe more the true range. It was sort of in the middle, but held the 21-day line. But here you can just see the market breadth weakening here in this in this sense and you know you can see how the relative strength line is against weakened again uh yeah it'd be nice to get this is probably the week this is the weakest part of the market right now i mean in terms of those indexes needing to get back above this key area because this was an area when it got above there it's like okay we're finally clear that level and we've come back in so getting to that 200 level or the 2000 level on the russell itself uh, would be really, really important. I think that'd be a sign of, of breadth in, in this market. Yeah. And certainly uh, 2023 was the year of the Russell underperforming. I mean, and I mean, you could go back even further because yeah, this was really this been was, a lot of years here. Uh, yeah. It's almost three years of underperformance. And this was like, this stretch here was like the longest stretch of outperformance, mm-hmm. you know, since, since basically that peak. And, uh, you know, it's come off a little bit, so it's not the worst, but would like to see that pick up again. And, of course, the Russell 2000, uh, it's a small cap index. A lot of the small caps are a little bit more interest rate sensitive because they do require uh, a little bit more debt for their growth. Uh, So it's probably worth taking a look at the 10-year Treasury yield. Zero TNX is how to find that on MarketSmith. And, uh, you know... I don't know that it's supposed to matter, but the 200-day moving average lines seem to matter in this case. Yeah, I did. I was a little surprised. Uh, it's it's trading around the 4% level, so this is a key area. I think if the, the yield holds somewhere around this area, that's fine. I mean, that's sort of like soft landing, uh, not too big of a deal. The market's, you know, 
maybe not have that huge ascent. It's only if the market, the yield does start surging back towards 5%, which just doesn't seem to be in the cards right now. You know, it just with inflation coming down, it just doesn't feel like there'd be a scenario for that. But uh, yeah, that's uh, just holding steady right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the areas of strength yesterday was SMH, that's the Semiconductor Vanex Semiconductor ETF. And it was kind of nice to see that follow up today. Certainly NVIDIA was a big part of that. But you were mentioning, uh, you know, you were kind of giving me the warning, uh, Taiwan Semi is going to be coming out with some news soon. So that's something to watch. Yeah, and NVIDIA is the, clearly the dominant holding. So that's one reason why SMH is doing well. Uh, AMD is another big component. Uh, that continued to do well. NVIDIA, like NVIDIA, just sort of powered on, is now slightly extended. Uh, but yes, TSM, they'll report at December sales, and they make chips for Apple and NVIDIA and a whole, Qualcomm and a bunch of others. So what they have to say about sales and about uh, if they have any other hints, I think they'll probably just release the sales in a week or so in a week plus they'll be releasing earnings. So that's sort of a one-two punch, they, you know, of what's going on. But that will be a give them, those will give a measure of the chip industry. Uh, everybody talks about what the chip industry will do. These ace chips will do. This this will give you an idea of what's actually happening. Yeah. Uh, so not doing terribly, but I will say the SMH, because it's so dominated by a few leaders, there's a lot of sectors that haven't been doing as well lately, the auto chips and some other areas. So it, they were all moving together for a while and, and not as much now. Mm -hmm. And then over in software, another area uh, strongly related to tech, I, another case where strong day yesterday, nice follow up to the action uh, today and, and and built on the gains of yesterday. Yeah, there was a lot of nice names that kept on going, uh, moving, moving out, including, you know, Palo Alto. Uh, a lot of, you know, this came down to the 10 week line and it's rebounding like a lot of stocks did. You know, a lot of stocks did this. So this is where you'd like it to find support. And it has so far. So uh there was definitely a number of uh, buying opportunities in software today mm -hmm. well you mentioned palo alto so why don't we go ahead and head on over there uh cybersecurity, certainly one of the areas of interest uh in in this rally of 2023 uh and in the in the current rally since november 1st follow-through day uh palo alto networks i should also mention if you want more information on it it was the stock of the day today so an article uh well worth reading there but uh go ahead and give us your take on this one well, on a daily chart, you can see that after getting up toward the profit-taking zone, which is not not that, you know, it's unusual. A lot of stocks did this. Obviously, the market topped out, but a lot of them did that. And now it came back down. Uh, it's rebounded from above the 21-day line, broke a trend line. On a weekly chart, that rebound started, you know, basically yeah, last week and this week, rebounding from the 10-week line. So a lot of reasons you could say, you know, it's viable. The volume dried up on the pullback to a great extent. It uh, wasn't a ton of volume today and yesterday, but it was better than than last week. So there, that's something. Uh, you know, I think the only real, I mean, there's a couple of things. Is one is that the earnings this year, fiscal year, are supposed to fall, and we already had one quarter. So something is uh, something's not looking good going ahead. I'm not sure what's all driving. And the other one is that this is not the leader in the group right now, but some of the other leaders are extended, like a crowd strike. So that would be one concern is like, do you want to attach yourself to a laggard? This is one reason why you want to build those watch lists so you can jump into the leaders before you sort of, uh, you know, sort of wake up blurry eyed from the alarm uh, kind of thing uh, and, and catch in. But, that, but otherwise, I think this is looking very interesting. 
Yeah. And something that I used to see Bill O'Neill, uh, the founder of Investors Business Daily do sometimes is he wasn't quite sure who the leader was, uh, but he had it narrowed down to two or three. He would buy all of them and then let the market tell him. And, you know, he just kind of funnel the money from one into the others uh, as as the market kind of said, oh, this one's a little bit more powerful. Uh, Sometimes it was based on what the earnings looked like, uh, but sometimes that's something that you you really kind of went by the chart and the relative strength. So uh, that's another way of, of playing that. Um, we, we kind of talked a little bit about the the woes of Boeing, and uh, certainly aerospace and defense has had some uh, had some shakes there. But Howmet uh, is Howmet Aerospace is in this uh, in this space, and that seems to be holding up pretty well. Yeah, and they do some things with Boeing. I mean, they make some of the, they have titanium alloys that are used in there. There was a little bit of drop initially yesterday, but shook it off. Uh, it's holding that 21-day line. It's really staying in this buy zone, really. I mean, you could be buying it now. Uh, but on, on a weekly chart, it's been trading very tightly for several weeks. And in fact, after this week, it will have a flat base. So this, this is, uh, that area right there is buyable. It'd be off the 10-week line. So this is showing real strength. And it's nice to have a little bit of diversity from the tech area. And the growth is strong here. This isn't like, oh, I'll, I'm not in tech. I'm going to have to settle for some boring, you know, non-growth company. No, this one's doing quite well. So uh, definitely one to be considering. Well, you know, there was this volume here, but it wasn't like the stock really fell that much that week. So, I, you know, it seems like generally there was strong volume on the upside. The fundamentals are strong. So I think there's a lot of reason the up down volume. I don't even wow, that's a huge 2.7, yeah. uh, you know, which tells you how the volume has been lately, and then it dried up. Uh, so I think there's a lot of things going on. Yeah. Well, now one thing that does jump out at me is uh, this just you know strikes me as very tight action. Uh, you see a lot of these blue shaded areas, and this is something that Market Smith does with the pattern recognition. It will shade uh, in blue three weeks tight areas, and this one has a lot of them. Sometimes. Uh, I, I fear that it's going to be like, oh, this is such a slow mover. It just, you know, it, it, it's always it's always going tight. So uh, it, it certainly, I mean, you, you look at that big move it had as it broke its downtrend and got back above the 40-week moving average line. So it, it obviously can move. But do you ever get concerned? Like, uh, is it going to be like watching paint dry? Are you going to have the patience for it? I mean, that can be an issue. And uh, it is nice that it's coming up to a moving average again. So that you know, suggest that maybe it'll be ready for another move. Just look at this RS line. This, you know, it's had, this outperformed the market. Now it hasn't been blistering, but even in the last couple of months, it's done all right here. So I think that, this, you know, uh, if it's paint dry, but you know, you're making money while that paint is drying, it's not so bad. <laughs> I think, you know, and making more money than if you were doing something else like the S&P 500, I you can't get too upset with that kind of, uh, that kind of environment. Yeah. And I think that's the key right there is that relative strength line, because, you know, certainly if there's a lot of tight areas and uh, you you don't get that outperformance versus the S&P 500, then it's kind of like, well, why take the single stock risk? But if you are getting paid for it and you don't have too much volatility, well, that's kind of the, the best of both worlds. You don't have to, uh, you know, reach for the Tums at night, but at the same time, you can kind of cash in. Um, another area, just speaking of diversity, uh, if you look at the uranium uh, plays, uh, particularly CCJ, uh, Cameco, which is a, a big player in the uranium space, uh, this had a really big move today, um, you know, up almost 5%, uh, getting back above that 50-day moving average line after having just a few days below it. So was that a sell signal? 
you know, getting below the 50-day moving average line? Or was that something that could have been given a little bit more room? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I feel like it was probably one you probably should have sold, to be honest. Uh, it, it closed 3.7% below the 10-week line. You know, it's sort of like, we generally have a rule of thumb of like, if it's 2% below, I mean, look, if you wanted to hold it, could you say like, if you had bought it and it was holding the top of the base, you could have, but I personally, that was sort of like a sell signal. Then I would have been frustrated because I would have watched the stock go back up. So, I mean, there's not a signal. I mean, there's not a, a rule on something like that. That's going to work every time. I mean, you know, you just try to try to find something that works generally for you. Uh, I understand if somebody would have held that, but today it's gotten back above the 10 week line, back above the, the 50, 50 day line breaking a short trend line. Uh, I will say that this is probably a place to be entering it rather than the buy point. Because if you look at some of these other areas, it often struggles around the buy point. This one actually did well, but you see it gets up towards the high, then it struggles, gets up towards the high, struggles. Even here, you know, there are a number of times if you buy it on the official buy point, it's hard to hold or you just simply have to get out. Uh, mm -hmm. So it would seem like you'd at least want to start a position uh, around you know, the 50-day line, 10-week line, because it has trended up. I mean, it's it's not like this has been a, a laggard. It's just been uh, sort of chopping around as it, as it does that. So it makes it hard to, to buy it on strength. Yeah. And, and I will uh, disclose that I do have a position in this myself. And I actually did hold it. Uh, one of the reasons was because I was kind of waiting until the end of the week. Uh, by the end of the week, uh, last week, uh, yes, it was down 3.7% uh, below the 10-week moving average line. But uh, it it closed in the upper part of the range for the week. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like, okay, well, uh, I, I might be able to give it a little bit more room. And that was because I did have a cushion on it. So that does okay. kind of change things. When you have a little bit of a cushion, uh, you can give something more room. Um, I will say I wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't fun, you know, <laughs> being up at, you know, over, you know, 46, 47 and, and having it come, come in all that way. But uh, again, when you have a, a lower average cost, uh, it, it's a little bit easier to to sit with something like that. Yeah, um, and and there's also the URNM is another yes. option. That's and then and Cameco has a lot in, you know, is a big component in that I believe. So that was also actionable, uh, moving up toward and toward the top of the base. And this isn't too extended, even if it does break out past here, you know, mm -hmm. past the 50, 55. Uh, yeah, well. and this uh, did get added to Swing Trader, by the way, today, uh, the, the Sprott Uranium uh, ETF. So, uh, well, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Uh, for those of you that are leaderboard subscribers, uh, if you want to join me in two minutes, uh, we're going to have a leaderboard <laughs> scorecard. So, uh, yeah, we, we better get, get going for that. Uh, thanks a lot for joining us today. And if you haven't already, uh, always feel free to join us in the mornings, uh, 10 minutes before the market open. Uh, we start talking on investors.com slash IBD live. Uh, we do this every market day. And we go for a full hour uh, plus into the into the market action and analyze what's going on. So, uh, you know, please join us for that. And also make sure you join us tomorrow for another Stock Market Today episode. That's going to wrap it up for us today. Thanks for watching.